0: Welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and it is the exact same temperature where I am, where Luke is right now, and Luke is claiming that it's hot, but I'm wearing sweatpants.
1: Yeah, uh I'm in the UK. I'm not attuned to the heat. I don't like it. I sweat a lot, and it's disgusting. And I would rather not be hot. Uh, and I don't like having to have had to close the window because apparently birds on the soundtrack of this this podcast it's a bad vibe
0: i think it is a bad vibe if i wanted birds in the show i'll add them in in post in fact i might i might make you (laughs) close the window so it's hot and awful in your room and then i might add birds back in
1: anyway it's unpleasant for me it's unpleasant for me now i need that everyone to know that everyone in the uk will be like yeah no this is it was a hot day it was sweaty it was disgusting it was humid it is incredibly humid
0: i think we should take this energy and really hold on to it this week for the show so let's let's jump in (laughs) Welcome to the show. This week we are continuing our summer fun run of uh, kind of like grab bag episodes. We've done like an like an incredible amount of episodes of like giant like topics, and we're kind of waiting for the next big thing. So we're going to like, we're going to empty out our bookmarks. We're going to like have some fun. We're going to talk about some random stuff. And, you know, we might end up on a big topic. We did last week. We planned to not have any sort of big thesis statement and yet we came away with one. So really, who knows what's going to happen this week?
1: We we just can't stop doing theories.
0: I love theories. Did you know that if you take two white guys and you put microphones in front of them, they will just start (laughs) producing theories at like a rapid, rapid clip?
1: I think that's unfair because I produce theories regardless of whether there is a microphone in front of me or not.
0: That's true. Microphone, pint glass, anything, anything can really make <laughs> you just start theorizing. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's let's do this. So, do you what's your what's the first thing on your
1: list this week? We have to do we have to house the internet this week because you forgot to do that last week.
0: Well, no, last week was an entire house the internet. Okay. This week is another entire How's the internet? So we're
1: not doing this anymore?
0: So, okay, fine, I'll do it, I'll do it. Hey, Luke, how's the internet this week?
1: Oh, I didn't think of an answer. No, uh, the internet's <laughs> been, I feel like the internet's been super tense. And I think that this may be specific to British internet, but the internet has been tense and taut and very snappy in a way that I'm like, oh, this is this is new, this hasn't been around in a while. And I think what it is, is that everyone for the last mm, three to four months has internalized the idea that we are pretty much done with the pandemic. Like we don't, mm. you know, we don't, we don't, we're not out. But you know, we can see the exit. We're getting there. We've paid for our, we've paid for our groceries. It's just getting the trolley to the end of the end of the supermarket where you can get out the exit. And it turns out that's not what's happened at all. And we are being detoured into the coffee shop where there's a flood or something. I don't know. This metaphor's gone haywire. Um, but the point is. The point is, it seems pretty clear that our cases are like not where they need to be. The presence of the the Delta variant is too high and it's a problem for like the number of people who are vaccinated to the extent they need to be. And uh, it's just, it's one of these things where it's like our big, like, the big bang opening date of june twenty first is probably going to be quite a damp squib, and we're gonna have a bunch of restrictions going on for some months afterwards, which I you know I probably would have expected six months ago, but I think everyone's kind of baked into themselves like, "No, no, no, here it is, this is it, we're nearly done, and I don't think it's gonna be, and as a result, everyone in the u k is super tense whenever you say like hey i don't I don't think this is done yet, and everyone's like, it's done, it's done, we're fine, we're done It's like I don't think it is." not so, the yeah. point
0: of anything you just said but did you just say damp squid squib squib damp squib
1: yeah dump squib
0: okay I got so distracted by that can you repeat everything you just said for me <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> well I I think the most psychologically healthy way to live probably from now on is to assume that I am days away from another pandemic wave. It might not even be COVID next time. It could be COVID-35. It could be norovirus. It could be SARS, kind of like a retro thing, right? Yeah. I'm basically, I might be describing trauma, but like I assume now that any sort of freedom I have to move about the outside world could disappear at any moment, and I just have to live like that.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it could just be, you know, uh, the Biden Biden taking away your freedoms as part of his communist agenda.
0: I mean, that is something that I live in fear of. That Biden could come by at any moment and turn me into a cat boy. Like, that's the biggest fear that I have.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think the internet has just been, as a result, the internet has been very off and tense and slightly weird. But I think that I'm picking that mainly up from British internet, and I don't know how the rest of the internet is doing
0: well actually can I can I can I can I pull back a little thing I do like a meta thing here I feel like this is this is Go sort it. of tied into this okay so I've been thinking about like what I would do for the one year anniversary of garbage day uh I've been I've been running garbage day for a while but I went full time with garbage day coming up on a year like I think next month I have to look at the exact date and I do have some fun stuff planned but I had a fun project idea and I don't think I'll be able to do it now for the exact reasons you're talking about
1: okay okay what was the what's the idea
0: So Substack announced uh, this new thing called sections. So basically you can create little tabs inside of your newsletter to create like smaller streams of content. So I've played with the idea of putting the content minds in there, but we've already used Substack as a podcast host before. And it like made things so confusing and it like broke people's feeds and stuff. So I pulled it out. But one thing that I thought about doing was creating a pop-up newsletter with my mom. She retired from being a flight attendant uh, during the pandemic. It got so nuts that uh, United offered uh, basically a buyout, and we told her to take it because flying was never going to be the same again. Like, it hasn't been the same since 9 yeah. 11, but like her life was miserable. Like, doing like, imagine like seven hours in the air, double masks while people scream at you. Like,
1: just uh, take the money yeah.
0: and go, right? Yeah. But she misses traveling. She wants to be part of the world. She wants to do stuff. And I had looked into like making her a travel blogger, but it's such a grind because you have to like, you have to produce so much content and like, it's not fun for her. I wanted to enjoy no. her retirement. So I was like, well, what if garbage day started a pop up newsletter where we traveled around the world for like three weeks and we wrote about it and I could use that as like a fun way to kick off like a year of full time garbage. But I think the travel restrictions are still going to be so bad by August or September that it's just not going to be possible.
1: I think you're probably right. Like, I think I think you'll be able to go do an extremely like like painful trip where you'll be able to go to like uh, probably somewhere in the Caribbean that's good. Uh, maybe the Seychelles. I know they're doing okay uh, with with vaccinations. Iceland, and, and that's that's it. That's your lot.
0: We've looked it up. I mean, I still have her like doing research and we're still talking about it. But right now you basically have the options of Croatia, Iceland, Belize, Brazil, Mexico, and I think – oh, yeah, Ghana. (laughs) So I guess United Air – so we fly standby uh, now through United. That's If you're not familiar, if there's an open seat, you can jump on it. And that's how I've flown all my life. That's why I – have slept on the floor of most airports around the world at this point because you just have to wait for an opening and then you can jump on the plane. United is trying to get people to fly again, but there's like nowhere to fly, and so I guess like the big hot place to go this summer is Ghana. I mean, I've heard Ghana is really cool. Like I, I've heard they're supposed to be fun. I, I've heard they've got cool cities. I've I've heard it's got like beautiful architecture. I don't know much about it, but I do think I, I, hear, like,
1: I hear they have better joll off than Nigeria.
0: Oh, you want to take our show into that? You want to wade our show into the Joloff wars? I've been on Twitter long enough to know that that is a bad idea.
1: Honestly, I've had them both; they both taste delicious. I don't understand why it's a fight.
0: Uh, hey, guess what? This is not the show where we figure out why. <laughs> we are not the podcast hosts to figure out which Joloff is better. No, we are not. So yeah, I, I I hope that you know in a month or two things are a little better. I mean, they're talking about France and Spain and maybe the UK opening up, but for right now, like things aren't things aren't good enough to like take my. 60 something mom around the planet you know
1: <laughs> yeah i mean off the podcast we've been like vaguely kicking around dates of being like oh we could do this go to this gig here or do something here and do like a live show or whatever it might be and yeah every time you kind of look at it i like i look like three months ahead and i'm like am i confident about three months and i'm like i don't think i am like it, it feels like we are not really going to be coming out of this until january like being able to move around properly yeah i mean
0: i'm i'm just now beginning to work on some live events for the fall in new york uh i'm talking to a conference in europe possibly about attending in november but things just seem really broken no matter how much people on twitter claim that they can go to their favorite dive bar again in brooklyn and it just doesn't really seem to line up like that anymore
1: yeah it's like it's the 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 kind of like popular meme that was around a few months ago where it was everyone was saying the vaccines work like does need the asterisks that the vaccines work but they're not magic no no like no. if they work with you know they have a, they have they have error bars on them they have efficiency bars like they have limitations and yeah you got to get quite a long way into this before we really yeah we really get out of it
0: well that was a fun and exciting way to start off our show can i show you a really gross food video yes Uh, so this is not from a magician. Okay. But it might be one of the most confounding things I have seen in a very long time.
1: I mean, it's not from a magician. It's already a good start. Okay. All right. So this is from Chef Club, which as this is playing, let's figure out who Chef Club are. Because this is one of my favorite things to do. Because so many of these places are just mad. Like, you're not sure where they're from. Okay. So this video is him making poached eggs. Uh, in okay, no, I see that that makes sense. He's making poached eggs in like a uh, uh, an unnecessarily complicated way, but sure, it's technically uh-huh. a good way to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, now he know he is making burgers. Sure, okay. Also, like sausages, fine. They're
0: sausage, they're sausage patties. Mm,
1: are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I looked up the recipe.
1: Okay, yeah, sure. Sausage patties, that's fine. Like, I don't have any particular problem with that. Like, you know. I have made many worse breakfasts than this. It's got some American cheese on top of it, uh, which, you know, should not be in anything, but we'll agree to disagree on that.
0: Keep talking us through this because it's going to, I need to know where you're at in this video.
1: He is now adding macaroni and cheese, uh, Uh which is more unusual, Uh but I understand, you know, this is fascinating because I'm also looking this up at the same time, and this is a company called Snacking Media. Which is amazing, uh, but they are based in, as far as I can tell, Paris, but seem to be run by Germans. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They in 2018 they achieved a turnover of almost 2.5 million dollars. Wow. Yeah, which is impressive. Now they are putting the macaroni cheese on top of the egg.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, that's
1: right. <laughs> I mean, this is worth on its own like 1.4, 1.5 million dollars. Uh, yeah. So now they have laid this. Basically, they've laid every ingredient. They've laid the poached egg. They've laid the beef, beef burger or sausage patty, as it, whatever the hell you're calling it, into a tub. All of uh-huh. which is stuff surrounded with macaroni cheese. They're right. now freezing it, which is yeah an they're odd decision. It. That's right. Yeah. Uh huh. The freezing it is an odd decision. Now they've taken it out, which means the that we are now looking at a solid cylinder of frozen macaroni cheese uh-huh. which within it contains i think two sausage patties that have been cut in half and right. a two egg poached eggs uh-huh. they've now covered it in something white i can't tell what it is i think it is just pancake batter oh it's pancake is
0: it pancake batter yeah it's pancake batter
1: okay they've now fried it uh-huh deep fried it added maple syrup and cream and some mint and to uh-huh. and, and and ketchup so ketchup, strawberry, <laughs> don't know where that came from, um, and yeah, that is a that is a grotesque looking thing, but that is very shareable. It's called it is a-
0: sausage in pancakes, and it's uh, it's it's unbelievable. I, I I saw it, and I think I audibly screamed when they started covering it in pancake batter.
1: I mean, the thing is, he has like it is it is deep fried. And as a result of it being deep fried, means that it's going to be hot. So it is actually, technically, a hot deep fried burger macaroni cheese egg concoction. I don't yeah. I don't understand the thing that went on the top. What do you mean? Like, was it ice cream? Did he put ice cream on the top or cream?
0: Oh, sorry. This is an American thing. So that's like a very thick butter that you would put on
1: pancakes. Oh, so you just put butter on it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. You put a big thing of butter on pancakes
1: in america that's weird okay i'm i'm not gonna lie to you i've been attempting to like track this down and i i think this guy may be an in the entertainment business it's from chefclub.tv it's from chefclub.tv which is owned by a company called snacking media which Uh has multiple owners including thomas lang jonathan lang and axel lang Uh uh-huh that's not great and then, having gone through this, uh, I have arrived at what appears to be his Warner Music profile, and I can't tell if it is the same guy or not. And I may be, I may be dropping dro- dropping him in it, and he is, in fact, just a, a sincere man who likes to make sausage and macaroni cheese based. Things.
0: So Chef Club TV is interesting. Uh, if you're listening to this and you can't really visualize it, Chef's Club TV are the recipes that are deranged, but typically feature cartoon emojis. That's how you kind of know it's a Chef Club TV recipe. Uh, they're also not usually shot top down. They're usually shot like in a different way. And they have very cutesy aesthetic. The company has been around since 2016. It was started by Axel, Jonathan and Thomas Lang, three brothers with a lot of ambition. And they started a great adventure, according to the website's history page. They filmed the first video in the Lang family kitchen, and that video <laughs> came out on February 2016. And it was—it uh, doesn't load. Uh, looks like some kind of bacon video, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's a—it's com- like a—it's a company. It's like a big company.
1: I don't think it's that big a company. I think it's a much smaller company. It looks like quite a big company. I think it's secretly quite a small company. I've been looking through, and they are also the outlet that did the—the uh, the cheese brick. Talk, talk talk, us through the cheese brick.
0: Ex- describe the cheese brick. Jeez. The cheese brick
1: is a, a piece of cheese that is hollowed out in the shape of a brick. Then, then it, is, it is. I'm sorry, it is hollowed out in the shape of a brick. Then each edge is surrounded with tortilla wraps. Each tortilla wrap is then surrounded with bacon. Uh, the center of it uh, is then filled with uh, pepper, onion, and Egg, uh, <coughs> and then that—that is—that is baked. there's the cheese brick? <laughs> Hang on, I'm going <laughs> to let me let me let me send you the the the. Okay, I've sent you the link to this this tweet because it is astonishing.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about
1: it. It's the cheese brick. Uh,
0: it looks like a Lego. <laughs> It looks like a giant Lego. Oh, it's so gross! It's so fucking gross. It's called the I mean, two-pound scramble, and it's for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. so fucking
1: gross. It is so much just comp, uh, just so much fried bacon and fried cheese, and just, it's just. Uh,
0: I guess it's. I I, I guess we should point this out. Most of the companies that make these videos, not the magicians, but the actual companies that make these kind of videos, typically know what ingredients result in what traffic. So if you're ever wondering, like, why combinations of food keep appearing in in the way they are, it's because – Data scientists actually have figured out, you know, ground beef gets you this amount of views, melted cheese gets you that amount of views. And so these companies are just, like, mixing the ingredients together with the hopes of producing the traffic they need.
1: Yeah, and it should be pointed out, like, it is, it is, it is true that they're mixing the ingredients together in the amount of traffic they need, but also, like, part of this is predictable. Like, bacon does better than liver, like, cheese yeah. does better than yogurt, like, or whatever it might be, like, because some foods are nicer than other foods and more people like them, and therefore you do the food that people like. Like, it, it, you can get really complicated and, with it, but also it's just like, right, we're going to take, like, f- these five foods that people like and we're going to figure out a new way to put them together. Yeah, we right. figure out a new way to put them together. And occasionally they come up with something that is just completely off the wall.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I honestly... It, the cheese... <laughs> the cheese brick is... Objectively disgusting. At the same, at the same time though, I'm watching it, and I like all of the things that go into the cheese brick. Yeah, it's just bacon, cheese, and eggs. I do like that they serve it with a small salad at the end, where it's like, oh yeah, that'll help.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like here's a tiny tomato to deal with this two pound block of cheese that you're eating.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I feel much better. I can definitely. Have a, a proper bowel movement now that I've had some roughage. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, horrifying. What was this, what was your question when we started this?
0: Oh, I didn't have a question. I just wanted to show you that.
1: Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. The internet went down this week. I did not notice it. Really? Were you were you a, away from? the internet (laughs) (laughs) ryan are you okay were you awake so uh
0: it went down yesterday right
1: uh yeah it was yesterday
0: okay so yesterday i tuesdays are kind of like my only day for administrative duties and so yesterday i spent the day trying to make a youtube video out of a garbage day post and if it works You'll be able to see it this weekend, but it, I haven't decided if I like it yet. So I literally was spending all day yesterday relearning how to use Adobe Premiere.
1: Yeah, if you don't like it, then uh, what happened was the internet went down and, and swallowed it. That's right, it
0: just disappeared. So h- how did you spend your internet-free moments?
1: Uh, our website was still going. Well, I'm sorry. We were, we were, the, we were the survivor. Uh, it was down for, I believe, 49 minutes, uh, but no, our website was a survivor. So we all tweet about how our website was up and if you want a reliable website to read high quality news on, you should come to our website. Uh and, so, and, and lots of people did. It was great.
0: <laughs> so let's be clear, first of all. The internet didn't go down so much as a lot of things on the internet didn't work.
1: Yeah. So basically it is a, what happened was a CDN went down. Uh, A CDN is a, uh, I can't remember what the acronym stands for, but it's basically a content delivery network or or whatever it is. And it's basically the last bit that caches websites locally in order to serve them quicker. So rather than, you know, if your website's run in New York, rather than having to go to New York, when I try and access it, it can go to the server in uh, Hackney or Kensington or wherever it might be. Uh, However, that system basically broke down and then everything broke. And by everything, I mean uh, most of the UK government websites, uh, Reddit, um, the Guardian was down, the New York Times was down, uh, the CNN was down, uh, like a lot of places were down. The BBC went down briefly and then had a backup and then got back up very quickly, which was impressive. They had like a, a decent... A uh, reserve system, I guess, uh, which so, I thought was was interesting. So
0: per the, per the Associated Press, uh, basically, Fastly, they're a content delivery network, a CDN, yeah, and they encountered a bug, which uh, was apparently triggered by a customer changing settings very quickly, and whoever that customer was caused most of the internet to go down for about an hour.
1: But they did they did point out that that customer did nothing wrong. Like the customer. Yeah, the customer. I'm not saying
0: that we should publicly out the customer and make them pay for taking away our internet content. I'm not saying that.
1: No. But I do think I do think it is fascinating that that somewhere out there is a person who who like changed an innocuous setting in their own settings that they were allowed to change or they should have been able to change. Like they 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 were like, hmm, maybe uh, what happens if I switch my backdrop on this program from black to navy and did this and they're like hmm that's weird no, no signal here what's happening uh and then an hour later discovered they would taken down like the entire internet
0: yeah like imagine if you change your slack avatar and then everyone lost internet for an hour yeah that's pretty i do, do you think the customer knows do you think that they were told by fastly that it was them did it? <laughs> like i mean if i was
1: Fastly, i would not tell them no just because- but i would
0: be I would be desperate to know, you know, cause there's probably a few people who are changing their settings around the same time that are maybe like, Oh, I was the guy that did
1: that. Yeah. There's like a dozen people who are like, yeah, I was fiddling in the back end of this. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I did accidentally take down the entire internet. Oh, yeah. That'd be so great. I it do was like that when fun. the
0: internet goes down, though everyone's first reaction is to tweet about the internet being down. Where and then yet when the internet's not down, they spend all their time being like, "We should unplug the internet." And it's like, well, when it goes down, all you do is want all you want to do is tweet about it. So,
1: I mean, Twitter was Twitter was up, so Twitter's okay. But yeah, it is uh, it is terrifying that so much of the internet infrastructure and so much relies on the internet. Like this one feels kind of lightheartedly funny in terms of. Uh, you know it was just news networks, it was news sites yeah, great fine, it was, it was kind of funny, but obviously, like such a huge amount rests and relies on the internet, and the internet being up and the internet being constantly up, which is the most important thing that if what there is a, there are so many single points of failure or rather there are so many single points of most like partial failure like we've had these before we've had AWS go down, we've had uh yeah. Uh, oh, that, places with content go down and we've had a few of these happen cloudflare went down and it's like all of these have happened within the probably the last year or two years and you know there's not there's just bugs and the idea that you know if someone went and took up all three of them at the same time deliberately it would take a theoretically very long time to get back up again
0: one of my favorite examples of this is when russia wanted to they wanted to block access to telegram i believe and so to do that they banned AWS, which meant that for <laughs> like a couple of days, huge chunks of the internet just weren't accessible in Russia, and it was causing complete havoc because clearly the Russian government wasn't aware how much of their technology relied on AWS, and yeah. it was uh, it was a mess, uh, which was very very funny.
1: There's an amazing XKCD comic which is basically you know just an enormous stack of blocks, and then one very block at the the bottom, or Bontine block at the bottom of it, which is just a random thing in it that someone in Kentucky has been maintaining since 2003 out of the goodness of their heart. And this is what everything rests on.
0: That is, I mean, that is true. There is, like, there's one flat Earthers Geocities page that is keeping the entire internet running, and if that person deactivates it, we're all doomed.
1: And we don't know which one it is, so... exactly. <laughs> so, it, exactly. so we've been hunting them for ages to try and take the internet down, but...
0: Speaking of... The real linchpin of the internet. I feel like we need to talk about the
1: Yashar profile. The Yashar profile was on my list.
0: Okay. So uh, before we launch into sort of our thoughts about it, let me do a quick little background just in case we don't have people who are totally addicted to media gossip listening to this show. Yashar Ali is a Twitter influencer who is very peculiar. Yashar, who goes by Yashar mainly, and that's what most people refer to him as. Yashar has 774,000 Twitter followers. He follows me. I feel very uh, nice about that. Uh, and he's very influential. He he actually has reported some pretty decent scoops. He gets a lot of gossip. Uh there's an entire really cringy back channel thing where like a lot of journalists DM Yashar and ask him to tweet their stories. Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of like charity awareness work for like elephant reserves. And he's kind of always talked about as being like vaguely connected to the democratic elite and like Hollywood tastemakers and like media broker kind of people. And today, uh Los Angeles Magazine published a story titled The Curious Rise of Twitter Power Broker Yashar Ali. So Luke what were your reactions to this piece?
1: I thought it was fascinating. I So as anyone who has spent enough time on Twitter I hate Yashar. I think I think that he has a kind of a he has he has like a proper uh, uh, a parabolic graph where it's like you're like mm, I don't know anything about Twitter and you get a certain amount and you're like wow this guy's great and then after a while you're just like wow I hate this guy and that mm. is a that is a mechanic of more it is partly just like wow I ha- wish I had as much time in my life to be on Twitter as much as this person and I don't uh, and I wish like I, I had the and part of that's like I wish you know I kind of wish I had the the I don't say the connections of him because that's not the cloud the clout yeah the clout maybe that's 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 maybe So you're saying you're
0: jealous of yashar you're saying you're jealous of yashar
1: i mean a little like he does talk to an awful lot of people and like he clearly has some some influence Hmm. um i think that he also comes across as being like deeply sentimental in a way that it's kind of weird to some of the stuff that you kind of talk to him you're a little bit like some of the stuff you talk to me, you know, I've talked to him, but like some of the stuff you see him say, you think that he is definitely lying, but it's not clear enough to prove.
0: I see. I think he has like, okay, so first I'll say I have no negative feelings towards Jashar. I think he's kind of like this figure that appears on Twitter every couple of years to bigger and smaller amounts, right? Like media people, They love Twitter, they treat it like a slack room, and they love the idea of, like, interacting with each other in public because it makes them feel important. And Yashar is very, very clever in the way that he treats journalists like celebrities. And if you want to manipulate a journalist, especially ones that work on TV, the easiest thing to do is to treat them like celebrities. And... I feel like every five or six years there's, like, a person on Twitter that everyone in the media follows and they all kind of obsess over and they all claim they know. And then it kind of gets revealed that they're not exactly who they say they are and then everyone kind of distances themselves from that person. According to the L.A. Mag piece, the the big questions about Yashar seem to revolve around lots of debt and, like, lots of weird fallings out with celebrities that he lives with sometimes. Um, it, It seems like kind of like a classic, like person on the internet isn't who they say they are type of situation
1: yeah but also like you know there are plenty of slightly weird slightly uh, all over the place people who are you know chaotic but make sense on the internet and i you know you you can argue oh you you know he's one of those people
0: i mean there is this thing that i think yashar is a really good example of which is exactly how easy it is to get on tv in america which is simply <laughs> you just have to know the people that book people and give them something they can put in the lower third. And cable news like treats itself so seriously and yet, you know, Yashar is just like a guy from Twitter who doesn't really do much or anything and is on a lot of TV shows and knows a lot of TV people and it's all just sort of Twitter-based. Um, it's a very strange thing. The piece itself I actually found quite boring. I tried to read it like three or four times and I couldn't really get through it. And I and I think it suffers from just like it's not clear – like is Yashar a grifter? Is Yashar a catfish? Is Yashar fake? It, it, it's not clear why we're reading about it because I think what's funny is that like Yashar – it's not even clear with Yashar like why he matters enough to write – like a gossip piece about or like even like a uh, yeah like like, there's not even enough to really take down there which is really strange
1: yeah i see that i'm gonna throw this one out uh when anti-mordaine died he went on a whole thing about how anti-mordaine saved his life uh and has been very vocal about it and being like yeah he was an amazing person i knew him personally we spoke all the time and i kind of like
0: yeah no one can see the face that i'm making Right now, in response to that, I actually that explains it because I was going through Yashar's tweets today to see if he like mentioned anything about the piece, and I found like a bunch of Bourdain tweets from yesterday because I guess yesterday was the anniversary of Anthony Bourdain's death. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess like
1: Anti Bourdain was many things, but he was not a gossipy prick,
0: (laughs) no, yeah, I sort of have. I, uh, Yeah, I, there is, like, this weird thing with, like, the people who talk the most about Anthony Bourdain post-mortem make me think that, like, there's just, like, something weird there. And yeah. there's, like, a lot of people who do this now. I don't know. I have very complicated feelings about, like, all of that. But basically, yeah, with Yashar and the whole thing, I I just feel very tired because I feel like there's just going to be, like, a new Yashar in a couple weeks months like a new person that everyone in the media like starts following gets a hundred thousand followers out of nowhere maybe it'll be me i don't know i have tons of skeletons in my closet so when the inevitable takedown article comes out it'll be very juicy
1: yeah i mean the, well the theory the hope is obviously that we can do the takedown on the podcast and therefore get the followers onto the podcast i think this is the thing well the first half of the takedown will be on the content minds and the second half will be on post post credit scene uh, just because right. you know, we need to get the patrons in to, to you know...
0: I agree with that. Yeah. I think I think that's the thing, is if you're going to use social media to create an inflated sense of worth and uh, drum up like a public persona out of nothing, you should at least have some kind of media property to do the eventual takedown on. Like, you should yes. end up using it to dox yourself, is what I'm saying.
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. The guy is just like... <sighs> Here's exactly what you would imagine a person who exists primarily as a Twitter presence to end up doing. And I get that you can read that in a negative way in terms of like he is very, very aggressive about it and very annoying about it and all this sort of stuff. But he is also optimizing what he does online for Twitter. Like he's optimizing it for journalism. And, you know, there's been a half, there's actually been a surprisingly small number of people who've done this properly. Like, yes. the two best examples are probably uh, Kyle Griffin and the other one, whose name I can't remember, who stopped doing it. The
0: the other Kyle Griffin, who then disappeared, yeah. Yeah. Who basically so wait, said, let like- me let me explain before you launch into this. There are two men, they look kind of similar, they have similar kind of names, and they both became very popular on Twitter for just, like, tweeting the news really fast, which... Yeah. Like, sure. And then there's the other guy who's kind of tangentially related to this, which is Aaron Rupar, who's the Vox guy. Yes. Who just, like, tweets out, like, Fox and CNN clips all day.
1: Yeah, exactly. And occasionally one of them goes huge, and that gets him a little more followers, then it ties him over to the next one. And, like, there are a small number of people who've, like, truly optimized their... their uh, Chrissy Teigen, weirdly, talking about yesterday, was probably one of them, where yeah. she optimized and optimized and optimized to a point where, uh, like, her tweets were quite boring, but also, she had told a teenager to kill themselves, which is bad. Yeah.
0: I actually, I think that was pretty funny. I think she should do more of that. That's where I was like, ooh, I like this one. I like Chrissy Teigen now. But you actually make a really good point. So there are these people, and Yashar is one of them. Chrissy Teigen is one of them. I would say Jami's son, Johnny son. Yep. That guy, he's one of them. Lynn, Morrell, Lynn, Lynn Manuel Miranda, I would kind of put in this category as well to a degree. Like Piz Morgan pierce morgan is like this too for the for the other side
1: he's a bit of an exception because he also had uh, an off platform version like where he sort of started the conversation off platform then brought it on platform but also had yeah. the same thing of optimizing trying to get the correct line in order to hit the 50 50 dividing line and yeah bringing people along from both sides
0: but there is this thing where, and, and it, it seems to be happening more often, but then also kind of e- always ends the same way, which is that these people become extremely powerful, extremely influential. And then someone goes like, well, why are they popular or influential? And then they dig into it. And the result is always just like, we don't know. And the what what I sort of chalk it up to is actually like a huge blind spot with like big media people, which is that if you stick something in front of these people enough, they just start to assume that it's true or popular or important?
1: <laughs> yes, almost definitely.
0: Because, and, and it's sort of like a glitch in journalism, which is like journalists are trained for many years to jump on the thing they see over and over again. I know this is true for me. Like if I see a thing like three or four times, I'm like, okay, that must be a story. And so if you're an influencer and you can get your tweets in front of a journalist over and over and over again, that journalist will start to assume that you're important. And this uh, this happens a lot, Like, and Twitter is a really great way to hack that, and your char is very smart to do that, because if you can do it consistently enough, people won't wonder why that you're important, because they'll just assume you're important, because they see you all the
1: time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is why anyone follows essentially anyone on Twitter.
0: I follow... I don't know why. Actually, that's a great question. I have no idea why I follow anyone on Twitter anymore.
1: I used to do a thing, uh, which I do a little bit less now, but uh, where I used to basically go through like spree follows of, or whenever someone, and whenever a non-blue tick person did a viral tweet, I would follow them because they would never Mm -hmm. do another viral tweet, but it would just screw up your algorithm enough to keep your like Twitter feed weird.
0: Yeah, I I need to unfollow almost everybody that I follow on. All platforms, I think. I think it's like, I've turned, I'm about to turn, I'm turning 32 this year. I think I just need to flush it all down and start from scratch.
1: Start from a brand new Twitter account.
0: I would like to be fresh. I I feel like I have, it's
1: time, (laughs) you know? That makes sense. That makes sense. Talking of, destroying the old so that the new might live wait that's not the line what's the line from the Star Wars movie destroy, destroy kill the past uh, so uh,
0: oh you're talking about Kylo are you doing a Kylo Ren thing
1: yeah destroy the past uh, kill it if you have to actually there's no line about the future in that. anyway that's not the point uh, my point was is there was we, we have talked wait, wait, a lot wait no about hold
0: on it's, it's <laughs> let the past die kill it if you have to
1: thank you okay right well this is the opposite of that I'm not gonna let the past die uh, okay um, we've talked a bit about kind of the the idea that the internet is just doing a cycle again and it's doing a, it was doing a cycle from 2011 2013 tumblr time like it's been doing that for a while yeah. uh and then taylor Renz who is great did a really great story about a basically a tiktok star who I, and her headline was turning the tables on microaggressions basically sharing satirical videos uh flipping the tables of black people and white people now have you heard that concept before
0: it's an influencer who's flipping the tables on white people and black people on the internet
1: yeah so i'm gonna send you one link now watch watch this link it's uh yeah seconds song long.
0: okay so okay so this is a video of a tiktoker named claire brown And the video is titled, If White People Experience Racial Microaggressions, Music Edition. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What? You don't know this song? How are you a real white person? I'm taking away your white card right now. Give it to me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But you are a fake white person.
1: Okay. Great. Okay. I got you. Okay. All right. Now I got another clip. Okay. And I need you to watch the first three seconds of this.
0: Oh, shit. (laughs) oh shit yes okay wait actually i am so glad you brought this up because this ties into a thing i've been thinking about okay awesome so the (laughs) video that luke just sent me is a video from 2014 and it's titled if black people said the same stuff white people say and yes you are right you are absolutely right but i think you're you are not Totally grasping.
1: Hold on, hold on. But listen to the... genuine. listen to the... Have you listened to the opening clip of this? Hold on, wait. Listen to the opening clip of this.
0: Wait a minute. You don't listen to Taylor Swift? No. Girl, I'm, like, whiter than you. Uh Uh-huh. She says, you don't listen to Taylor Swift, girl. I'm whiter than you.
1: Yeah. Which I think the fact that we're still making that same joke seven years later is fascinating.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I understand. So, okay. Not only do I agree with you, and I think you're totally right, and I should be clear, I don't think there's anything wrong with making this joke... Over no, and over not again. at all. It's a very like, funny
1: joke. I, I also I also think it's a funny joke, and it is, this is also a pretty clear case case of simultaneous evolution. Like I have zero doubt that she came up with that joke on her own. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no.
0: But I have been thinking about this. I have been thinking about this idea. The shit people says meme to go even further back. The the shit the the shit girls say. The shit guys say. The shit everybody like all those videos have created like a genre of video that is almost now like the only video that exists on the internet in the same way that like all memes right now are Wojak memes in the, I think like all internet videos are essentially just variations of the shit people say videos.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, don't go that far. Obviously there's the cheese brick videos, but right. <laughs> okay, the I'm sorry, there are
0: two videos on the internet. There are cheese brick videos and shit people say videos.
1: Yes. I would agree with that.
0: So the shit girl say video was a Twitter feed. It was a web series. It went on to inspire like a YouTube meme. It was created by Kyle Humphrey and Graydon Shepard in 2014. And it was just like, you know, your typical like you, internet video, making fun of women, which have been around for decades. Uh, yeah. but it went on and inspired like all these other variations. And I feel like that is the only thing that we ever see anymore, which is like, shit Republicans say, shit QAnon says, shit Trump says, is basically just what that, that Twitter comedian Sarah Cooper did for a while. Like, it's just Which like, was literally just
1: repeating what Trump... Well, it wasn't even repeating it. It was just lip syncing. Uh,
0: anyway. Right. So, like, I feel like that is the only joke that exists on the internet anymore, is just... Which, crazily enough, ties into the Twitter thing of, like, thinking of a guy, inventing a guy, and then getting mad at the guy.
1: Yes. <laughs> it, it's not far from that but i i mean i do think with with some of these obviously it is not so much inventing a guy like with racial microaggressions it's definitely not inventing anything no 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 no. I think, <laughs> yeah,
0: i'm not saying racial microaggressions don't exist but i'm saying like there's so much content now that is just like imagining a person and then like saying what that person would say and it's sort yeah. of like the only thing you ever see in, especially Twitter comedy, because Twitter comedy is now like large enough that I consider it its own genre, and it's all just like different people saying stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is just people doing impress- impressions of other people what, what other people would say. And this has become a I don't know about I mean I assume the same as America, but it's happened a real problem in the UK where like it is just always oh God, also it is always extremely posh people pretending to be other posh people. And mocking posh people, and it's, it is a it is a thing.
0: So in the UK, yes, it's typically like posh comedians pretending to be more extreme variations of posh in their
1: Twitter comedy videos, right? Yeah, exactly. There's this guy in the UK called uh, Josh Berry, who, you know, it's that thing where it's like, maybe it's not funny, but his, basically his primary character was a conservative party advisor. So he did a load of like, ah, hello, Bojo, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and then he he did a a video that was about the riots against well, riots. They weren't even riots. The protests against um the protests against the, the the. There's a bill going through in the UK about that basically gives police a lot more rights. And in Bristol, Bristol was the city that kicked off about it. Uh, there's other cities as well. Bristol kicked off more about it. Uh, and his character basically was like a posh guy who didn't know why they were rioting Uh, and it was like that wasn't really the people that were there that was it was actually not they were not very posh they were from Bristol Mm. which is a more well-off area than other areas but there were an awful lot of people of color there and an awful lot of not posh people who are super angry at the police and then it was like no there was just it was posh kids and therefore you don't need to worry about it it's like oh okay right see what you've done there is you've gone around the other way also, when you hear him talk in real life, he's super partial. it's like, right, okay, so, so what are you doing? Who, who are we mocking? Where are we going with this?
0: That is, I can understand why that would be very confusing.
1: I do think one weird thing about kind of the ability to make videos a lot easier and a lot more accessibly has been, there has been a remarkably limited rise in sketch comedy. Like actual true sketch comedy. Here is an unusual premise. We're going to do the unusual premise. We're going to like uh, mix it up and, Yeah, do something different. Instead, it is very much like I am just going to do a load of things that someone who I have imagined but also probably have encountered in real life would say, let's go for it.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I would agree. I I mean, it's a good thing. It's just like it's very interesting to me that like Twitter comedy is, is becoming like a specific thing that's different from TikTok comedy.
1: Yeah, but neither of them are good. TikTok comedy is no, better, I think. Both of them are fairly disposable,
0: um, but I think TikTok comedy is a bit funnier.
1: I think okay, so I think je- the average TikTok comedy is funnier, but the top level for for comedy is higher on t- on on Twitter. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I'm glad that us, the comedy men, have, have decided what is yeah, going on. Not. Not, yeah,
1: we have not made a joke on this podcast in a solid uh, nine and a half months. So, yeah.
0: I try to never make jokes. I'm just naturally funny. I don't need to
1: make jokes. That must be why I laugh so much on this podcast.
0: You are very good at enjoying comedy. I've always said that about you, is that you really have the vulnerability to laugh in public at things.
1: Yeah, that that's me.
0: <laughs> hey Luke, speaking of enjoying comedy, have you consumed any content this week to stay sane?
1: Yeah, I need to apologize to the affair. Why? I mocked it last week as it was all got out of hand and it ends brilliantly. Like oh really? Last, last five episodes of the last season, absolutely bring it home.
0: I know that I've been getting so much reader mail about where you are in your journey on the (laughs) affair. So I'm glad that you were able to update our audience. Do I need to put a spoiler alert?
1: No, it just, it just ends really well. Uh, it involves, it was the final episode or the final episodes were made in 2019 and involve a flash mob and the flash mob pulls it off.
0: Did you get emotional from the flash mob?
1: I got something approaching emotion. I don't know if it was actual emotion. (laughs) It's been a long pandemic. I can't really tell anymore. Um, but yeah, it was something approaching that.
0: Okay, well that's cool. That's good to know. Yeah. I mean, huh. All right. I had a similar reaction to the Netflix show Sweet Tooth.
1: Oh, this is the one with the deer boy.
0: The deer boy, correct. Although I, I, really want to talk to you about this because, okay, so the show is about a little kid with deer antlers. He grows up in a pandemic that's causing animal hybrid babies, and it's like a post-apocalyptic show, but it's like done in like a cutesy kind of twee way. There is dark elements to it, but like it's tone is you can watch it with your children if you want it the source material is fucking wild i started reading the comic after i finished the first season i compared it on twitter to imagine if you found out paddington was based on the walking dead it's such a shift it's
1: so nuts you need to explain to me what that is so like you can't can't drop that you can't drop those two things together and be like yeah this is what it's like so the show is like cute and
0: fun and like it is dark and serious but like it's about, like, dear children, and, like, it you could, you know, it's it's semi-family friendly. And it's actually a fairly accurate portrayal of, like, how a, a pandemic worse than COVID would, like, knock out society. The comic is crazy. The main character is, like, a religious fanatic, and there's so much violence. It, it There's, like, warlords, and there's, like, forced, like... Pregnancies of women, and I mean, where I'm in it, it's really, gr- it's really grim and really dark. It's good. It's just different, and like, what an absolute tonal whiplash going from one to the other. So, if anyone's thinking about like checking out the comic, nothing you liked in the show
1: will be in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But uh, wait, are there things that you hate in the show in the comic?
0: Actually, I really there's. I, I mean, the, the the show has an almost perfect Rotten Tomato score. It's it's phenomenal. It's like a truly phenomenal show. Um, like. I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, there are like some weaker elements which aren't present in the comic. I, I figured that the the show was rushing through stuff from the comic, but it turns out they were just adding completely new stuff in. So all the things that you <laughs> think might be expounded upon in the comic, no. The comic is way different. It's uh, it's not, not the same <laughs> in any way. <laughs>
1: fair enough all right cool i will have to honestly not try that it doesn't sound like something i'll be into
0: okay well fair enough um thank you for listening to content minds uh we probably have like i figure we maybe do one more fun fun run week i I don't know um I, i sort of feel like things are things are percolating there's like stuff on the horizon that i feel like we could dig into um but we have an end of a journey to, to go finish right now. We
1: do, we do.
0: This is very exciting. So we are doing our last Fast and the Furious episode on post-post-credits scene over at patreon.com. Well, second to last. Well, for now, the last Fast and the Furious episode for post post credit scene. You can find that at patreon.com slash the content minds. And then we're going to be holding a vote.
1: Okay. And are we using Ranked Choice Voting for this, or, or what are we doing?
0: On... Thursday in the garbage discord in the content minds channel I will be putting a poll it will contain the five most popular suggestions that based on my opinion of what has been said, <laughs> and it will be ranked choice voting in the sense that if we don't agree with one we will take another one because okay it cool. is a lot of commitment and I don't totally want to watch something horrible the whole time. Um, but we are looking for smaller series this time because we, we have big stuff on the horizon that we want to deal with. Um, yeah, I've,
1: re- I've really enjoyed the suggestions from people where they're saying, hey, you should watch this series. It'd be great. And then like 24 hours later, they'll drop in. And be like, I actually watched one of the later episodes, eight, later films in this series last night. Don't watch this. It's not good. I forgot how bad it was. Um, they've been, yeah, enjoyable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see what happens. Uh, and like, you, you know, you guys are paying for it. So if you want us to subject ourselves to the saw movies or something i guess like that's what we got to do you know
1: yeah unless we veto it unless we veto it that's great
0: all right uh what, what let's go over and finish uh hobbs and shaw let's do this
1: all right let's do this